Coming up on this week's episode, we begin by reading the Wikipedia page of Strange Deaths and share the dangers of how-to videos. Then we get to the week's tech news, including Uber's new phone number, digital diapers, and the awesome power of a boring phone. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 267, recorded February 17th, 2020, cooking in the Emoji Kitchen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic! It's the technology podcast on Gadgets, the Internet, and of course you. I am Sean Jetty, joined by two guys who refuse to be my Valentine. It is Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Request denied, Sean. Dan, so one of these times I'm going to get you. <laughs> Maybe I'm gonna next get you. year. Didn't even thank me for those flowers I sent. I'm going to go ahead and say that you never asked. It should be obvious, Dan. <laughs> if I have to ask, then are you really my Valentine? True. I see. But anyway, this is a sort. We'll take this offline. Uh, what's what's going on, guys? Good, good business speak. Well, I was just saying before the show started that I found one of my new favorite Wikipedia pages. That, did we talk about the people who died on the way to Mount Everest? No, we, I think we talked about the Wikipedia page of people who died in amusement park accidents, but I don't think we did the Everest folks. Okay, so this one I don't have pulled up, but I was just I'm thinking about Wikipedia. I was reading, I, I had gone skiing, I went skiing last weekend, but the first time I went skiing, I, I couldn't do it for that long, because I, I was just, I really sucked at it, and everything hurt, so I was sitting in the lodge, and one of, what does one Google except, you know, people who've died on mountains, and one of the most interesting subcategories of which is people who've died climbing the world's tallest mountain, Mount Everest, mm-hmm. some of whom, so, are, like, when you don't make it, it it's so high up and there's so little oxygen that it's very, very dangerous to retrieve someone. So almost no one is retrieved above a certain line and they just remain. Mm-hmm. And there's only one real path that you can take up. So there's just bodies littering this this path. And there's even like certain like people wearing certain articles of clothing that are that are landmarks on your route. So like, oh yeah, I just passed Red Boots. This will be a good place to make camp. Some of, they don't even know who some of these people are. Uh, I thought that was crazy, but that's not the the Wikipedia page I was going to tell you about. My new favorite Wikipedia page. I pasted it in just now. The World Sauna Championships <laughs> held in Finland, that's which awesome. were. Uh, uh, yeah, banned. They no longer take place after someone died from partaking in this from uh in 2010. And it turns out that if you fall asleep or pass out in a sauna, you will get severely burned. Ooh. Um, but the finish Ow. really clean up at this event. It seems like weird. This is incredibly messed up. Uh, I do want to read some of the rules because they read hilariously off of Wikipedia, <laughs> such as competitor must sit erect their buttocks and thighs on the bench. <laughs> Competitors must wash themselves beforehand and remove any creams and lotions. Touching the skin and brushing is prohibited. Competitors must not disturb each other. Dan, do you remember when we went to the Blue Lagoon? Yes, I just had a very similar experience last week. That's how I ended up on this Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, when we went to the Blue Lagoon, we were like shuffled through a 
I felt pretty dehumanizing, like shower <laughs> chamber, <laughs> where we we were forced to walk clean ourselves in the presence of like a hundred other people. It was very weird. So I've learned that it at other spas where it is less uh, popular, that's much more manageable. <laughs> Uh, while there might only be five stalls, you won't have to wait that long to use them. Uh, and what? And there's multiple rooms, and maybe there's not always people in all of them. Yeah. Uh, so, I had also written off saunas for uh, for that reason, but it, it was fine. That's good. <clears throat> but yep, don't don't climb Mount Everest and don't do endurance sauna attending. Well, see, now no, you've sir. got me on this great Wikipedia page I hope to one day appear on. List of unusual deaths. Yes. Oh, I read through that whole page. This John. is great. <laughs> there are some really good ones. Oh, my God. I couldn't even begin to read some of these, but turns out there are some pretty insane ways to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I will try to find some of these as the show goes on, because some of them were like... Uh, the deacon like, St. Lawrence was roasted alive on a giant grill during the persecution of Valerian. Prudentius tells that he joked with his tormentors, turn me over, I'm done on this side. He is now the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians. Whew. Damn. <laughs> Lottie Belk was fatally stabbed in the chest by a beach umbrella blown by a strong wind. The, the most recent unusual death was uh, January 14th, 2020. And this man, Sergio Milan, was killed when the ceiling of his flat in Spain collapsed over him. And the collapse was caused by a heavy metal plate that flew three kilometers as a result of a, an explosion from a factory in the outskirts of the town and eventually crashed into his building. <laughs> Oh. Louis III, king of West Francia, died around age 18 at Saint-Denis while mounting his horse to pursue, pursue a girl who was running to seek refuge in her father's house. He hit his head on the lentil of a low door and fell, fracturing his skull. Mm -hmm. Sounds uh, like he had it coming. Yeah. There is Crown a... Prince Philip of France died while riding through Paris when his horse tripped over a black pig running out of a dung heap. There are a lot of these that have to do with having sex with animals, which I don't feel great about. <laughs> like, there, I've already caught, like, four in just scrolling through this. Turns out, very right, dangerous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Elena Struthers Gardner was carrying a mason jar-style drinking glass with a screw-top lid in her kitchen when she collapsed. The 10-inch stainless steel straw entered her left eye socket Ooh. and pierced her brain. That's crazy. Hans I Stanger died when he broke his neck by tripping over his own beard. The beard, which was four and a half feet long, was usually kept rolled up in a leather pouch. Oof. A poodle named Catchy in Buenos Aires fell from 13 floors and fatally landed on a 75-year-old, killing both instantly. In the, oh, course of, in the course of the events, 46-year-old Edith, who came to see the incident, was fatally hit by a bus. And then an unidentified man who witnessed Edith's death had a heart attack and also died on his way to the hospital. <laughs> That's an amazing one. I mean, we could do this all day. This could be a whole, its own wow. show. 
All right, so I like thinking about, I like reading the ones where you know the person because I was often unaware that they died in an unusual way. Have you ever heard of Tycho Brahe? I know the name. I don't know how he died. Tycho Brahe contracted a bladder or kidney ailment after attending a banquet in Prague and died 11 days later. According to Kepler's first-hand account, you heard of that guy, mm-hmm. Brahe had refused to leave the banquet to relieve himself because it would have been a breach of etiquette. After he had returned home, he was no longer able to urinate except in very small quantities with excruciating pain. He died 11 days later. <laughs> God. Tycho Brahe. Could Who's happen to anyone. Why do you know that? Tycho Brahe is a famous scientist guy. He and Kepler did a bunch of stuff about like the heliocentric stuff, I think. Mm. One of those you dudes. Don't, you don't remember that? No. It's gone from my mind. That it's was gone. way back in Colby's childhood. He doesn't remember. Yeah, Tycho yeah. Brahe did uh, the Earth-centric one. I don't remember what it's called. Geocentric. There we go. No, geocentric would be the Earth is the center. Yeah, he- that's what I said. Oh, okay. I was wrong. And then maybe Kepler was the uh, the other guy. Uh, the Laws of Planetary Motion. Kepler. See, this is what's great about Wikipedia. You can just get down a hole and... (laughs) Thomas Urquhart, that's a a famous person, Scottish polymath, is said to have died from laughing upon hearing that Charles II had taken the throne. (laughs) Okay, that's just a fun story. (laughs) That's just a fun story. All right, okay, one one last one. Okay. One more. A French playwright suffered a hemorrhage caused by tuberculosis while playing the character Argon, a severe hypochondriac, in his own play. He disguised his convulsion as part of his performance and finished out the show, which included a scene in which the character he was playing faked his own death to find out how his wife felt about him. After the show, this guy's real wife, who played the daughter of his character, realized he was ill and carried him across the street to their house in the same chair he had pretended to die in as part of the performance. Began coughing up blood. A priest was called for, but he died before the priest could be found. Oh my god! What a great yeah. way to start tonight, huh? Yeah. Okay. But I could, we could literally keep going, but we could. I'm gonna read more of this later. <laughs> yes. Bookmark that. Come back to it. Um. Great. What else is uh, What else is new, guys? Anything? Uh, Anything more positive? Uh, I went skiing again, and I didn't... Uh, I, I think I maybe... I don't think I completely fell over once this time. Okay. And I, I went on That's my first, second... I went on the, the, the ones that are not the easiest ones. They're the second easiest The quadruple ones. black diamonds? The, the inverse of that. Okay, the... <laughs> The, the singular blues. white the blues. blue square. Blue square. Blues. Nice. That's um, good progress, Dan. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Um, That's pretty much it. I don't think anything else has been happening. Oh. Mm, no. I got a new router, but I think I'll talk about that some other time. Or I could talk about it now, but I'd be robbing myself of a pick. Okay. Mm. That's all. Is your internet 
speedier. The Wi-Fi goes through the walls better. And I can do crazy nerd stuff. Hackable. Hackable, yes. That's cool. That's cool. That's all I got. It's otherwise it's just been work and skiing. Nice. That's cool. I don't I don't uh I don't know. Nothing's really new with me. Wow, we are just jumping off the page. A lawyer and Ohio politician defending a man accused of murder accidentally shot himself and died while demonstrating how the victim might have accidentally shot himself. His client was clear. Huh? That that is that is such a specific genre of YouTube video I love is the gun instructor accidentally shooting a loaded gun. Oh it, my god. There are a handful of those that are just fantastic. Oh, I'm totally looking this up. Yeah. Um Yeah, well I've just been at the hardware store a lot doing uh home improvement stuff, which you know, it's funny because uh you know, YouTube is sort of remarketing itself as like how the how-to place like that's their whole marketing mm-hmm. thing is like come to youtube for how-to videos and i've been doing that but like some of them aren't right and some of them like don't make sense as i'm learning and yeah, when you're like how to fix how to fix your tub and it's like oh all tubs aren't the same go figure you know, you can't just like blindly accept their advice. They're like, here's how to fix this tub. And I'm like, I don't have that tub. I have my tub. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. I have uh, I have like a do-it-yourself fix-your-house book that I cross-reference with YouTube. So I try and combine them. Like I combine YouTube into the book. And like so far that has been sufficient to like solve problems for me. I just frustratingly smash things together until they start working. And just like I go to the hardware store and buy like when I need one thing, I buy like five things because I'm just like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> one of these will work. Um, and eventually they do after a lot of fussing. And There you go. So what are you trying to do, Sean? I had a, a drippy uh, tub uh, faucet. Drippy and, tub faucet. And it was a, a washer issue. But because my hardware on there was so old, it was like original to the house in the 60s that I tried replacing it with the washer and it didn't quite work. So I just ended up replacing the whole assembly. But they don't just like make a whole assembly you can buy. You have to like buy a bunch of different pieces that there's no guarantee they all work together. And so like one piece would work, but then another wouldn't. So I'd have to get a different one. And then it just turned into like an 18 step process. And it, it's like 98% working now. So I, I feel happy about that. 98% working is pretty good I mean, for like it, almost anything. It, it really is. I mean, the water comes out and it doesn't leak anymore. So, you know, what what, what more can you ask for? Is it like the right way? What am I, a plumber? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just a guy and uh, my tub works. So how long did this take? like four hours over two days. Okay. But if I had done it correctly the first time, like half an hour. <laughs> and it didn't include Dude. runs to the hardware store either. Right. Um, for various so, parts. So next time you'll be able to oh. uh, faster though. That's how you learn. You screw up a lot until you get it right. That's what, like when I was doing electrical stuff, it took me like weeks because I would do a thing like 
I would get like, you know, open up the like take out the plug, find that the wiring was different than the YouTube video that I had watched and then be like, OK, um, that's enough for today and just like put it back and come back to it another day. Oh, yeah. It's I'm terrible. super dangerous with electrical stuff because I'll just like try all the combinations of wires, which you're really not <laughs> supposed to do. Um, and uh, hope you get it right. Yeah, it's plumbing the same way. We really have no business doing it. Hey, if, if, the, if the worst comes the worst, there's the circuit trips, right? It's fine. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the great thing for you guys is, you know, you're in a big building with lots of other people. So if you burn down your unit, you're probably burning down several others. Whereas if I burn my house down, I just burn my house down. Only one other. Only one for other. For me. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Is that like more incentive for you to burn it down? Or less? I'm not sure. Hmm. Hard to say. Either way, a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, yep. We have a, a whole bunch of tech stories here in the rundown. Exciting things are happening. Uh, while you guys decide where we're going to start, I want to thank everybody who's joining us live right now uh, at Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show. It's a great place to hang out. Make sure you leave a comment. Uh, Gunner was in here a little bit earlier. Michael Kurtz, our good friend. Lexi was in there. We got people popping in and out. Um, if you're live and you have questions or comments for it, leave it in the chat. We may talk about it on the show. Uh, we're live Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern. So hang out with us there. Guys, what is story numero uno? Oh, actually, let's do this calling Uber one. Yeah, I was I was going to say that, too. Hey, awesome. Number one with a bullet. Uh, Uber is testing out a new 1-800 number for people who don't use apps. Now, uh, this article from The Verge points out an interesting st stat. 96% of Americans own a cell phone, but only 81% own a smartphone, which is about a 15% gap. Uh, not <laughs> insignificant. For that minority, uh, Uber is testing out a new way to hail a car. You call 1-833-USE-UBER. Um, now, it's an experiment only for those who live in Arizona at the moment. Um, you call that, you speak to a live team member. That customer service rep will provide uh, an upfront pricing. Uh, and you tell them where you are, and they'll send it out. You will need an SMS or text-based mobile phone to receive important messages about your ETA, the driver's license plate details, and driver's name. Um, and you can continue to receive messages before and during the trip, including the trip receipt afterward. Customers can request ride options in Arizona, including UberX, Uber Comfort, Uber Black, blah, blah, blah. There's no extra charge for using this service, although carrier message and data rates may apply. <laughs> This is dope. I want to use this. <laughs> now, why? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems fun. <laughs> is, it that, is that what you've been missing in your life? Talking to customer service people? Yeah. So it's like weirdly analog. But I mean, like. I, I have to think I this, it would be a very quick call, though, wouldn't it? Because it's not like you have to provide them with that much information. Just your location and what kind of Uber you want. Right. It's like a, it's like a weird, like retro future thing. It's like, imagine we never invented smartphones, but someone invented Uber anyways. You mean a taxi? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but a taxi that like worked. Like, have you ever ordered a taxi on the phone, Sean? It's a disaster. It is. I don't disagree. Yeah. Like a taxi that shows up in like, five minutes instead of I've never I've actually never done that so what what ends up being so terrible about it 
Well, it was just it's just the response time, right? You're just calling like you, like you call early and like they're like, okay, somebody will be there by like you know an hour from now or something. Like usually the thing was to do was call and be like, I'm gonna need a taxi at this time in the future. Please send one then, please. I mean, the big difference is that, you know, um, your local taxi company is a local taxi company. You're just calling, like, some dude in an office somewhere, whereas with Uber, you're calling, like, a, a professional call center, I think, is, and with a digital back end, I think is kind of the big difference versus some guy who just writes Colby 5 p.m. in a notepad next to his phone and you hope <laughs> you get a car. And that's that's why, I mean, I know that there's lots of, like, local law reasons for this and such, but... Um, why there hasn't been some sort of national taxi back-end customer service business that would take this off of local drivers' plates. Um, maybe just no one got a... I guess Uber beat them to it, but um, but I think that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kurtz in the chat says, uh, can you conference Lyft in and have them fight over you <laughs> the with who can ever have the lowest fare i said yeah that's that's oh, awesome oh my god <laughs> that's amazing do you think you talk to it does it say if you talk to a real person or if it's just like a it's a live number? team member that's awesome then you'd get the full the full uber lift experience hope in both that'd be great I kind of wish that they didn't send you, like, the driver's name and license plate, so you have to, like, guess who your Uber was. Like, it, it is truly random. <laughs> what a challenge that would be. Yep. Just, like, harassing people in their cars. Now, I saw this thing, I think it was in the Uber app, where they they let, they give you a little color to hold up on your phone so that other people, the, the driver can find you. Yep. Now, have you seen Lyft does that, but the other way around where yes. like the little Lyft placard in the car changes color. Yeah. You, you know what color the Lyft placard is. Yeah, I do like that better. The, <laughs> it was cool when I was at the Las Vegas airport where they had a dedicated section for car hailing apps but they had a bunch of like rows, like row one, row two, row three with spots, A, B, C, D. And it would, once your driver got there, they would send you, oh, your driver's at B3 or whatever. And you'd know exactly what spot to go to. That yep. is nice. So they're yeah. working on it. That's cool. If only they could like paint them all the same color, say yellow. So they would be easy to spot. They would be easy to spot, but they'd be hard to differentiate. I guess that's true. Yeah, I'm I in mean, the yellow that, car. I'm in the <laughs> right. Not that the sea of like black Toyota Camrys isn't already. <laughs> <laughs> that that is what I love about Uber and Lyft cars is it's either like a brand new mediocre car or like a really old car. <laughs> There's no in between. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with like that with like the gray interior fabric that's like just gotten really dark over time. A little musty in there. Yep. Gross. Did I tell you what happened with my uh with my lift in uh Las Vegas when I was there? No. I, I got one so 
the very brief backstory. Uh, I went to the airport to get my flight. I got bumped to the later flight in exchange for financial compensation. But I had to leave the airport to go back into the city because I had like eight hours to kill. So I had a car pick me up, take me to the convention center. But I had dropped the important flight paperwork at the airport. And I only realized it when I got to the convention center. So I went in the app and I'm like, call the driver, like locate missing items. And I called him. Luckily, he was only like a block away. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think I dropped it in your car. He came back. I looked in the car. It wasn't there. I'm like, dude, you've got to take like I, and I pulled like a $20 bill out of my wallet. And I'm which the ride, I think, was only like 12 or 13 bucks. But I'm like, dude, you got to take me to back to the airport. I got to get this stuff. And he was really nice about it. Um, but I didn't even do it through the app. I'm just like, please take me there. Um, and I rode all the way back to the airport with him, found my paperwork on the ground, and then rode him all the way back to the convention Whoa. center. So we spent a lot of time the together. Yeah, it Whoa. literally was on the ground. It had like tire marks on it where people had run over it and it fallen out of my pocket. Oh my God. It, it was, and it was the certificate for a thousand bucks United gave me. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I. I found it. That was a very bad on my part. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So I locked it up after that. Wow. Can That's you a pretty baller it? move, Sean. Oh, I just, I just, I just drop, uh, you know, a couple Dropping G's here and there. You know, <laughs> this guy goes to Vegas and comes back like a <laughs> high rolling. Well, I did. He's got those mogul moves. He's going to be the next Mike Bloomberg or something. Well, I did. So they gave me, in addition to the the flight voucher, they gave me two $20 meal vouchers uh, to use at the airport, but they're only good for 24 hours. So if you don't use them that day, you can't use them again. And I used one of them, but I like the flight was there and I didn't use the other. So I'm like, well, I don't want to throw it away. And it didn't have my name on it. So I think I went up to this couple who was at like one of the convenient you know, Hudson News or whatever. And I'm like, excuse me, are you purchasing something? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, no, no. Here, you can you can use this to buy something here. And they're like, oh, OK, cool, 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 cool. Like, like they did not understand the concept of what I was doing. I, I frightened them. Imagine it was like 1130 at night at the airport. Mm. They felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. Nice. But anyway. All right. Next up. Next up. I I think can we can we do a little bit of uh internet of shit, no pun intended? Oh, of course. <laughs> Are you sure the pun was it wasn't intended? I think it was intended. It was intended. It wasn't it was hundred percent intended. Um Oh, was this- it in the article too? No. No. I made that joke. That's my joke. Don't it was take a great that away joke. from me. No, it was a great joke. It was mine. I love it. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dan, for introducing this very <laughs> scientific and important research that's being done. The fine folks at MIT uh, have developed a tiny RFID sensor that can detect diaper moisture, signal a nearby receiver, and send caregivers an alert. They say that the sensor can be manufactured for less than two cents, making it suitable for disposable diapers without any bulk. Now, the RFID tag can be embedded in the hydrogel, typically found in disposable diapers. Uh, When wet, the hydrogel expands and becomes conductive enough to trigger the tag to send a signal to an RFID reader within a radius of one meter, all without batteries. Um, Let's see. uh, Pampers already sells its Lumi brand of smart diapers. I don't remember... It was in the rundown at one point. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, Uh, but they're built around a bulky, removable Bluetooth sensor that requires regular charging and cleaning. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so this is obviously not a commercial product yet, but um, the technology may soon exist. 
Oh, what a time to be alive. What a time to be a baby. It's true. First it was the smart home, and then it's the smart baby. (laughs) (laughs) Our babies are going to be so smart, they're going to have apps. It's it's like the Internet of Things, but it's the Internet of Babies. There's going to be an app store for your baby. App store for you. (laughs) Uber for babies. You order or call the 1-800 number and like order a babysitter, maybe. I, I can see the advertising now available on the Apple App Store, Google Play, and your baby. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, thank you. No, that was great. I mean, I'm like, I I guess it's cool, but I... I don't think any of us are really in a position to say how cool or not this is, unlike the smart washer and dryer, which I'll maintain is the stupidest Internet of Things thing we've covered so far. We've covered way stupider. No, I, w- I would crock take... Pot. The smart crockpot was stupider. The smart crockpot is stupid for literally the exact same reasons as the smart dryer. No, in it's... both cases, it doesn't matter if you know when it's done if you're not there. It does matter. If you leave your clothes in the dryer, they get wrinkled. Dan... Okay, so <laughs> how does the being smart help? Because it tells me so I know to go get it. Because <laughs> when the chimes aren't loud enough. Hey, uh, look, the way to pick at a wound, an open wound, very sore spot here at the show. Oh, man. Open wound. But if they could make a sensor that costs less than two cents and they could put inside my dryer, then we're talking. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It it disposable sensors seem very weird to me. And I guess it's not because they put RFID like in the stuff we buy all the time in the stores and we just throw out the packaging with the RFID on it. So I guess it's not that weird. It's just something about it seems gross. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe. The the sensors like I think we talked about it on the show before. At one point, I got some of those little stickers. I'm like, there are stickers that cost like cents to buy. You can just like put stuff on them and it just like works. It's crazy. I don't know. They, they, I guess my point is they're pretty throwawayable. Yeah. I mean, I, to and me, the, uh, yeah, I reminded the Keurig, uh, the Keurig cups with the, the DRM chip in them, which I'm sure was RFID. Oh, boy. I mean, what's interesting to me about this is, like, I get, like, if you're at MIT, you're like, we have this cool technology and we have to sell it to people, like, the idea of it to people, so diapers make sense. But an idea that when it becomes conductive, it triggers the tag to send a signal to a reader, to me, opens way more possibilities than just a diaper. You know, imagine the the cheap and affordable way to make something with a water sensor in it. You're, imagine your right. floor filled with a bunch of these things, or right, and the battery never dies, or something. Or it, it, there basically isn't a battery. I mean, that's what's incredible about right. it. And so, you know, I get that like the low cost of manufacturing and the small size of it makes sense for diapers, but you know, diaper technology is good for a lot of things. <laughs> Diaper tech. Diaper technology. I I apologize to the people watching live on Facebook and later on YouTube who saw my cat's ass. I apologize. He (laughs) likes to show it off. 
I just switched to the Facebook tab and saw it. Yep. No, it's uh, he's real proud of it. So speaking of RFID and stuff, I have a, a question that occurred to me this weekend. We all have, or Colby and I don't, but many people have cars that you can unlock with your little dongle thing. Yes. Well, is there anything that prevents someone from just like sniffing that radio signal and then duplicating it to unlock your car? I don't think when so. When you leave? Um, okay. It seems like if I were an enterprising criminal, I would just sit in one of those park and rides, sniff a bunch of car lock doohickeys. Are they even randomized? I think a common racket, a common racket, Dan, is to like boost the signal. So like say uh you're in in like i don't know a wendy's or something getting some food right your your keys are constantly your key fob is broadcasting a signal it's just not far enough it's not close enough for your car to receive it so they have like devices that boost like it picks up your signal and boosts it enough that your car will just unlock so they can get into your car Oh, that's for the one. passive ones where you just walk up to your car and the car opens? Right. Yeah. That is a common racket? Well, there's a, an article um, here from right. How Stuff Works. Um, it's actually common in Europe where RFID has been used in cars longer. Uh, apparently, it, if you equip a laptop computer with a micro reader, which is the device that captures radio signals, you capture the transmission sent out by the key, um, you position it. Yeah, like Colby said, sitting next to the car owner at a restaurant, the laptop sends out signals that activate the chip. When the key begins broadcasting, the reader grabs the code, and the computer begins decrypting it. Within 20 minutes, you've got the code. That'll tell the car to start. Brutal. It's apparently very Hmm. easy. Well, okay. Good to know. Yep. Well, apparently... Again, I don't know how old this article is, so it may be a little out of date, but it says here they use uh, just a 40-bit encryption on the keys, which apparently make it easy to decrypt. Yeah, it's not a lot of bits. No, No. 40 sounds like a weird number. Like, it's definitely not enough. We need more bits. I bet there was some like weird physical limitation with the first one. And so now all of them do the same. Yeah. There are whole articles online on how to do it. Cloning RFID car keys. Hmm. So there you go. If you're looking to steal a car, that sounds like a fun experiment. You could steal your own car. You could. Well, we talked uh, last week about uh, Apple car key, which may soon be coming with the ability to lock and unlock your car. Uh, and start your car right. with your phone, which I wonder if that's better or not. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Depends if it's 40-bit encryption or not, I guess. That's true. I mean, there's an article here that says a Beijing-based security firm uh, built a relay hack with just for just $22. Um, the attack essentially tricks both the car and the real key into thinking they're in close proximity. So like you said, Colby, uh, one hacker holds a device a few feet from the victim's key while the thief holds the other near the target car. And they essentially st- steal it from the key, shoot it over the air, and pop it into the car. Oof. Very cool. So, kids, don't try that at home. Anyway, that's enough of our uh, dirty diapers. 
what do we uh, what do we have next here? What indeed? Uh, let's talk about HQ. Yes, HQ. We've talked about remember, it here on the show before. That year? What's that guy's name? Scott Scotsman is all I can think of. <laughs> it is a Scott Rogowski. Scott Rogowski, man. Yep. Which, by the way, he left HQ um, apparently uh, in April. Last April, he's mm. hosting a baseball show on sports streaming service uh, Dazen. What? Uh, what streaming service? D A Z N. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's actually pretty big. They're the they're um they're like main thing was uh, like um, MMA, like they were big when they first oh. started. Uh, it says here in October 2019, uh, Dazen has overtaken Major League Baseball as the highest grossing sports related mobile app. And so, yeah, they do a lot of soccer and they do a lot of um, like European stuff. And like I said, a lot of fighting sports. UFC. They're big with UFC. Uh, anyhow, uh, HQ, we've talked about here on the here on the show before. It was the trivia app where you could win money. It was like a live little game show that you could hop on. They've gone out of business uh, and have laid off their 25 employees. Um, the CEO sent a note to employees where he said there had been an offer from an established business to acquire it, uh, but that potential acquirer suddenly changed their positions. Uh, the app launched back in 2017, became a huge hit quickly, um, and despite all of their efforts to keep it alive, including in 2018 releasing a second live game, uh, they were unable to keep it going. A second live game? I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, uh, HQ Words. I remember when it came out, but I didn't remember anybody actually playing it. Yeah, so I don't know. Are we, like, bummed about this? No, I had forgotten about it. But it was a thing that happened. I remember that year. Yeah, so you all played it? I tried Briefly. it a couple times, but it was it's never like, like good. It was never good. What did you not like about it? Um, well, when it first came out, it was crashing a lot because it got so popular so quickly. But I can't really blame them for that. I think it was the game never felt fair. If that makes sense, it never felt like you. I get that everybody can't win, but it always felt like. Like, there was always one question that was, like, it would be easy, 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 somewhat easy, easy. And then, like, one question that was so ludicrously hard, nobody ever answered it right. And it just didn't, yeah. it, it didn't carry an excitement through all the questions, I guess is what I'm saying. The mechanics mm -hmm. weren't 100% there. I feel like the idea of a live game show app is not a bad idea. I just wasn't a fan of this implementation. Mm. Yeah, I never really played it, so... But, but every time something like this comes around, a flash in the pan app like this, I just always flash back to the best example I can of something like this, which is Draw Something. Remember Draw Something? Yeah. An app that was really popular for five minutes and then everyone immediately forgot about. The difference being is that they sold themselves for $180 million. Ooh, they cashed out. To the brilliant minds over at Zynga, which I don't Are they still in business? Unclear. The fine folk. Uh, yeah, they had nearly a billion dollars in revenue, but they lost fifteen million. So, Zynga. Man, that's a, that's one I haven't th thought about in ages either. Yep. 
Yep, that was a thing for a little while, and then they just sort of stopped being a thing. Uh, but anyway. Never really yeah. played that either. Now, Draw Something was fun. It was a little Pictionary. I, I enjoyed it, but it was kind of like uh, Trivia Crack was another one that was really big for a little while. And these sort of, the like words with friends. I think the like social games where you play with other people always tend to come and go because I don't think anyone ever has more than one or two of them on their phone at any given point. Am I wrong? Mm. No. Oh, words with friends is Zynga. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of their real early ones. Yeah. Um, that did, which it was just Scrabble, but yeah. <laughs> with a different name. Yeah, exactly. Now you, at least for some period of time, couldn't you buy a words with friends like physical board game? Yes. There actually was really? a draw something physical board game. <clears throat> that seems like, like, couldn't Scrabble sue them for that? Um, the thing is, they actually partnered with Hasbro to make oh. the physical game. So Hasbro got their cut. Gotcha. Smart. And just rebrand. Because, I mean, on one level, it does kind of make sense from a marketing perspective, where it's like Scrabble sounds old and lame, but Words with Friends, which is the exact same game, sounds much more fun. Mm hmm Do you know there's a Boggle with Friends now? <laughs> hey, I rep for Boggle. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever played Boggle in Boggle my whole is, life. But Boggle is not a... I almost would rather play Boggle by myself because it's really not a fun game <laughs> to play with other people, as lame as that sounds. Because it yeah. is just like quickly connecting and finding words, but it's not really a good group game. It's no Yahtzee. <laughs> oh, what's the difference? Oh, Yahtzee has dice, right? Yes, but 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 both have a um, sort of because um, uh, Boggle uses dice, but they have letters on them instead, and that's how you make the words. So it's a similar kind of uh, scrambling mechanic, oh, right? Scrambling, scramble. The egg-themed version of Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> HQ added to the pile of fads that, you know, they really should have sold when they had the chance. I'm sure someone would have bought them for a little bit of money, but yep. Well, that's you it. never know when you're going to be a uh, Facebook and you never know when you're going to be an Instagram. Well, what was it? Imagine we learned... it. Well, that was the funny thing is I don't have this exact story here, but a week or two ago, they finally broke out YouTube's revenue. For Google, which we were crazy, we thought, oh my god, it's crazy, they bought them for a billion dollars, that's insane. Google made 15 billion in revenue just last year. <laughs> Damn. That's not profit, but still, that's a lot of revenue, and I think, what was it, Instagram was 20 billion in revenue for Facebook? Damn. Yeah, we gotta, we, we should move. buy more tech companies. Right, maybe we should, we could start buying podcasts. We can buy competing podcasts. We could, uh, well, that's what Spotify's doing. So if it's working right. for them, yeah, that's that's the next market to see consolidation is podcasting. I mean, guys, you have to remember this show has a yearly revenue of two dollars. <laughs> now, what's that? What's that conversion to U.S. dollars? <laughs> oh, in U.S. dollars, it's like twenty cents. <laughs> I think it's about what we make. Oof. Um. Alrighty, let's see. We have time for one more story. 
before we get to picks. And we got some great picks in here. I'm very excited. What uh, what what do we want to what do we want to talk about here in the rundown? Or anything not in the rundown? There's a lot going on out there. They got a new name for the coronavirus. Did you see this? Really, I didn't see that. Yeah, they because uh, apparently coronavirus is like a vague term that encompasses a lot of things. Right, like SARS was also a coronavirus, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but uh, it is now COVID nineteen, C O V I D nineteen. So it's going to be coronavirus forever. Yep. Uh-huh. Is what you're telling yep. me? It's like it's yeah. like bird flu isn't the name of it, but that's what we called it. Right. Uh, wow. Yep. Who Making knew? me not want to go on a cruise ever again with all the things that are happening with that. Right. Uh, but anyway, what about what about tech stuff, guys? Anything else, or should we just shuffle on over to picks? Uh. I, we should talk about the S20, probably. New <laughs> Samsung phone. Yeah. yeah, they had their big announcement uh, last week, and we previewed on the show a little bit last week the Galaxy Flip Z. Yeah, this, the camera bump on this thing is huge. But what we didn't talk about was the Galaxy S20, which is essentially the flagship of flagship phones for Samsung. Um, and they announced three of them, the S20, the S20 plus and the S20 ultra ranging from a thousand dollars to $1,600 available on March 6th. Uh, just very quickly, the difference between the models, uh, the basic S20 does not have 5g and the lowest end cameras at 6.2 inches. The plus adds 5g upgraded cameras, 6.7 inch. And the S20 ultra is a stupidly big 6.9 inches with a giant phone array, uh, camera array, um, let me go to some of the highlights here. OLED HDR plus display that supports a 120 Hertz refresh rate. One of the first sort of mainstream phones to do that. Uh, you talk about the cameras, Dan, this is where shit gets real crazy. Um, if you look at the S 20 plus and ultra, it has three sensors, six, uh, 48, 64 and 108 megapixels. All those cameras will default to taking 12 megapixel photos though. You can go up even higher if you want. Um, Apple says it's able to use a combination of those sensors, the chips and the software, um, to make it look really good, including a 10 times physical zoom and a 100 time digital zoom. What? Which is just stupid. That is pretty aggressive. It's incredibly great. And as Dan mentioned, that camera bump is not messing around. (laughs) It's honking. Uh, now one of the features that I actually, I'm going to give Samsung credit for, I think is neat is that, um, with all these different features that the camera has, they decide to simplify it where you point your phone at a subject, hit the shutter and wait about 10 seconds or so. This is not, you can turn this feature on the camera will capture a small movie, some gifts, a few stills, a portrait and some other modes, and then presents them all in a collage where you can pick and choose your favorites. That's actually a really good idea. Hmm. It's like sort of like live photo, but but it presents more it, interesting. But it shows you it cropped in the different ways, and you do little videos, long mm. videos. It's like it's all sort of presented all at once with all the different features turned on and off. That's cool. 
I like I I like the idea of that. I have this problem with like night mode too, where like I always forget I can't move right away. Mm-hmm. Like I'm used to like point click done picture taking, and then I end up like fucking things up because. I like already put my phone in my pocket and it's still taking a night mode picture of the <laughs> inside of my pocket. Anything good in there? No. <laughs> Lint. Well, Colby, there's an even better feature you can screw up, which is 8K video recording, uh, which I saw an article and 8K video, one minute of 8K video shot on this thing is 600 megabytes. Nice. Stupidly massive. Um, there are a couple new Android features as well. Uh, you can um, Wi-Fi direct to other Galaxy phones or create a temporary 24-hour download link for anybody via Samsung. There's also a zany Bluetooth feature where if your phone is paired to a Bluetooth speaker or device and somebody else wants to play music on it, you can set your Galaxy as some kind of bridge where I can send it to your phone that's already connected to the Bluetooth thing. That's cool. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, sharing those connections to Bluetooth speakers is a huge pain. As we sure. talked about, one of my original predictions that came true that Apple would solve this problem, but it really needs to be solved for all Bluetooth speakers. Well, I'm just happy to see people finally using Wi-Fi Direct, which we've talked about on the show before, and is a much more uh, efficient and stronger way to transmit data versus Bluetooth. And it looks like Samsung's really going all in on it, which I wish more people would because it just makes more sense. It's better technology. Uh, as I mentioned, the two higher end of the three phones both have 5G. There's also a bunch of processors and stuff. Uh, I will mention that the batteries are very large, uh, going from 4,000 to 4,500 to 5,000 milliamp batteries in the Ultra. Um, there you go. So that's your new uh, your new flagships. It lo- and it looks visually like other, you know, it's got that Samsung phone look. Mm. Yep. Do you think they'll blow up? <laughs> like in popularity or physically <laughs> or both why not both um i i think it's cool i don't but to me it's like i'm sure these are great phones but i care more about the flip because it's different like this is just another phone um, like it's just a regular right. phone they made better like what's super give me something new right yeah like a foldable phone uh, that will instantly break as soon as i buy it <laughs> But for those couple of days, it's going to be really cool. Dude, the, gl- the screen is glass and it bends. How do they do that? <laughs> Carefully and then it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my going to, I think, be my new favorite like tech thing, which is every time they release a foldable screen device and then like two days later, all the articles that are like, we immediately broke it. <laughs> which, which is like, because they did that with the Motorola Razor, they did it with the Flip, where it's like, we bent it six times and the screen fell apart. I'm like, that's awesome. I like that they're all doing it, too. Because then it's like, I don't know, they just all, it, it, I can't imagine that's like what they were hoping would happen. No, right? of course it's not. Like, and they do it like side by side. It, like, they don't compare like which is a better phone. They compare which breaks faster. <laughs> You know, like, hey, good. Could you imagine if you're in like the Samsung marketing department? Good news, guys. People love the phone because you can fold it a thousand more times than the competition before it immediately breaks. (laughs) It's like we did it. Uh, We did it. We did. Well, it's funny because that that is the problem with the smartphone industry today is that people aren't replacing phones as 
quickly as they used to. They now keep it for three or four years because the phones are so good. Make a phone that's easier to break. Good way <laughs> now, to solve you think that problem. That's because the phones are so good or because the rate of innovation has slowed? I think it's both, but I think on the Apple side specifically, I think they're putting almost too powerful of processors in these things, so they don't <laughs> feel slow years from now. Because that was always the issue with Android phones and things like that is they would feel slow. You don't get the software upgrades. Right. Um, maybe Android users don't care, but I feel like at least on the Apple side, they just made the phones too good. Which is a weird problem yeah. to have. For me, it's that the rate of innovation is, is my thing. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. That. Well, I feel like we're we're in the like diminishing returns segment of the cur- like what phones are now it's like like sean said like the new new galaxy it's not any different it's just like the same thing with like more slightly yeah like slightly more stuff well and that's that's going to be the million dollar question with apple is do they fall into the foldable phone or whatever the or do they just bypass phones completely and go to something else Mm-mm. i don't know We'll see. Yeah. When's the next Apple event? Is there a new one? Isn't <laughs> Not there soon usually enough. one in March? Um, yeah. yeah, there's usually one in the spring, and then we go to June for WWDC. That's right. I'm I'm holding out for, uh, yeah, new laptops. New laptops. Give me those new laptops. I want mm-hmm. the AR glasses. We know That'd they're coming. Cool. Well, we know they're coming. It's been spotted in the code that they're working on it. It's just well, too new. What the what what the final product looks like we don't know, but I think they'll. I feel confident they're going to release something. Interesting. Um, I ordered some AirPods Pro. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Good pronunciation. <laughs> AirPod. How how else could you say it? I, that's what I like about that one. You can't say it wrong. What do you? I AirPod ordered an AirPod Pros. Pro. So if I had two of them, it would be pluralized. AirPods Pro. Not AirPod Pros? That's correct. But right. it's not AirPods it's like, Pro. It's like uh, Dr. Dre's versus General. Dr. Yes. Dr. Dre. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Someone at Apple, help us. <laughs> we need a guide. Yeah. The problem is apparently the coronavirus is affecting Apple shipping dates because uh, it's affecting a lot of tech. Uh, Mobile World Congress was straight up canceled. Facebook canceled a big event as well. Uh, a bunch of companies can't ship stuff out of China. Um, yep. It just keeps getting later. It's like March 20th now. I read it two weeks ago. What am know, I going to do? The economy was just to too good. You know, we had to do something about it. Um. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move on to Pegs. It's part of the show where you just bring something we want to share with the world. we got a couple of fun things in here. Um, and since Colby and I have uh, some video stuff here, Dan, why don't you go first? What do you got for us? An app. Can I can I get this app for my baby? Uh, yeah. It, well, people put their babies on skis really young. So if you had such a baby, you could get them the Slopes app and maybe get them an Apple Watch or something, slap it on their wrist. And you just press a button, and then you you go skiing, and it knows like which mountain you're on, what all the trails are, and it gives you this super detailed map of like where you went, how fast you were going during which parts, 
uh, I can pull up pull up my uh, extremely meager stats with my top speed of thirteen point seven miles per hour. Um, yeah, so here I can see like that day I skied for two and a half hours. Uh, here's like, can you see that? Yeah, sort of. Here, here's the uh, map of where I was, hmm. and. Yeah, you could see it plotted on a grid. You can pay extra money and get like overall stats of your whole season. Um, but otherwise, it's just free. Tallest run, longest run, what your altitude was. And then my favorite, how much time you spent skiing versus how much time you spent waiting in the lift versus how much time you spent doing everything else. <laughs> Ooh. That's awesome. That's an interesting <laughs> I wonder if they have, like, global metrics for that, like, per ski resort, and then you could pick the most uh, Ah. for your buck ski resort. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm sure they have the data, but maybe that's a premium feature. I don't know. That'd be dope. Now I'm just thinking of, like, what other overpriced tech accessories can we get for your new skiing lifestyle? Smart skis? There's a lot of stuff. There are there are uh, heated boots, so you get this like battery pack and you slap it into your boot, and the boot has wires that run through the boot and heat the entire boot up to keep your feet warm. I saw that at the store. There's all sorts of ways that you can spend a bunch of money on skiing. I I think you should do the. I know that they have the goggles with the heads up display in them. Have you I seen those? Seen that. No. Can't imagine what they cost, but I think that would be dope. Ski goggles Gucci autocompletes. See <laughs> what that is. Yeah. That's what I love about skiing. It's a sport for everybody. For the common wow, these man. These just look like regular old ski goggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Huh. They do. So there you go. Maybe you'll have a pick for next week. Very cool. Get slopes.com or check out slopes on the Apple App Store. Very good pick. Um Colby, what are you watching? Fleabag. What'd you call me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a show on Amazon Prime. It's a British show. The people are all British. Uh, but it's about a lady who is... Mm, hard to say. It's kind of just like... Like, she's a mess. It's like a comedy, mostly. But, like, the weird thing is, like, the main character, this woman, is having, like, as things are happening, she's, like, real-time breaking the fourth wall and, like, commenting to you about what's happening. And it's it's quite funny. It's pretty well done. I feel like something like that could go either way and it could, like, not be uh, very entertaining. But this is the opposite. It's quite good. I would recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've only heard really good things about it. It was originally broadcast on BBC Three, so it is a it is a British show, uh, and it won both in 2019 and 2020. Or in 2019, it won the Outstanding Comedy Series at the Emmys, and this year it won the mm. Golden Globe for Best Television Series, Musical, or Comedy. Nice. So, yeah. Critics like good. it. It was good. I watched both seasons in like three days, so... That's awesome. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Flea bag available on Amazon Prime. Very cool. 
Um, yes, I'm also watching something. Um, uh, I would describe the show as fine. I don't think it's amazing, <laughs> but I think it's worth watching because there's really nothing to watch on your Apple TV Plus subscription. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. And so uh, they, they just released a show, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which is not well named. Uh, but it's basically, I would describe it as it's Silicon Valley, less vulgar, and more video gamey. Mm. And that's kind of what you get. Workplace comedy. Also, the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, the guy who plays Mac on that show. And the show was created and written by um, Charlie Day and Rob mm. McElhaney and one of the producers from that show. So it's like all the it's all the It's Sunny people. Right. Nice. I didn't know that. Oh, Abed is in it from yes. uh, Community. Yeah, it's a solid watch. You'll binge through it pretty quick. The episodes aren't long and it's... Uh, it's pretty solid. I don't know. Did you enjoy it, Colby? You plus one it. I'm only like two episodes in, but it's pretty enjoyable. It's only a 10 episode season and they already renewed it for a second. The funny thing is, and I didn't remember this because uh, I was I saw it in the credits that Ubisoft was involved in the show. And I'm like, why? Well, they announced this at their E3 a couple years ago. Uh, that they partnered with Ubisoft because in the show you see like little game animated moments as like the transitions. Ubisoft actually did those for the show and partnered <laughs> with them um, to create the show, oh, which cool. I guess is kind of neat. Yeah, I'm so, excited to check this out. Yeah, might as well. I got my because I got my new phone through work and I got a year of the subscription for free, so yeah, don't pay anything for it. Might as well. Gotta get your, money, your money's worth. I, uh, for the thing I got for free? <laughs> Absolutely. I've already gotten my money's worth and then some. Worth <laughs> uh, Cool. Worth it. All righty. Uh, anything, uh, anything else, guys? I'm good. And now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this is great. On this President's Day, another one in the can. Uh, thanks, everybody out there, for joining us for another Don't Panic. Of course, our website's don'tpanic.io. You can go there and get all of the things you need to know about the show. The audio, the video, the pics will be there as well if you forget them. You can also f- uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you are. And, of course, uh, you can reach out to us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter or email Show at gmail.com. Um, I think that's it. But on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it as always. And we'll see you next time for another great episode of the Don't Panic program. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.